This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 3, Episode 5, Makers on Main Street. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and handmade entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Kismet Andrews of Barmaids in Brush Prairie, Washington. Kismet kept a full-time job for five years after she started her business, and the transition, she says, was absolutely frightening. But ultimately, she decided to quit her job in 2010 and hasn't looked back. Today, Kismet owns and manages a retail shop in her town. And as you'll hear, she's located in the perfect place for her target customers. Kismet also spends several months each year traveling to sell her products at shows, particularly in the fiber arts community. You'll love hearing a bit about how Kismet's business model works and how she uses active listening to build her business around what her customers tell her they want. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 29. I'll be right back with Kismet Andrews of Barmaids in Brush Prairie, Washington. Kismet Andrews at Barmaids in Washington State. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Thank you, Donna. So I'm so thrilled to be here. Now, Kismet, tell us where you're talking to us from. Are you in your studio? Are you someplace uh, fun? Where are you? I'm in my kitchen on top of the hill in Brush Prairie, Washington, having coffee. Well, and that's probably fun, too. And, you know, I should mention that it must be a lot of fun in your studio, judging from the products that you produce there. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm so excited to share you with our listeners. Tell us a little bit, uh, Kismet, about how you started Barmaids. Uh, My grandmother taught me to make skincare when I was a teen, and then I fully appreciated appreciated it when I worked for a medical center And they asked me to decorate during the holidays, and I had to come up with some sort of a fundraiser for the holiday decorations. And instead of baking cookies, I started baking um, or making um, moisturizers. And um, at some point, I had to decide to either walk away from it or continue it, and I chose to continue, and here we are today. And so you had a full-time job when you started doing this? Oh, yes. I um, kept the full-time job for probably four or five years while I was also doing barmates. And what was that like, Kismet? What was that transition like for you? Um, it was scary. The transition was absolutely frightening. Um, though, in hindsight, it was the best thing that ever happened. Um, I was working about 80 hours a week at the medical center, and my physician, personal doctor, told me, um, she gave me a choice. She says, do you want a heart attack or do you want a stroke? And I said, neither. And she um, actually wrote me a prescription for three months off. And I negotiated for a week. And after the first week, I thought, I kind of like this. So I um, quit my job and went 100% into barmaids. Wow. So after a week, you knew? After, it took me, they wouldn't accept my resignation. So for about three months, I um 
I was working one day for the hospital from home and working on barmaids full time. And then about three months later, I said, I'm, I'm done. You, you, I'm not coming in. I'm not giving you any work from home. This is it. You don't have a choice. And that was it. And what year was that kismet? Uh, about five years ago. So, uh, so about 2010? 2010, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, that time frame. What, what was it? Was it your lifestyle? Was it that you just enjoyed not working 80 hours a week? What was it that made you sort of know after that short period of time that this is what you wanted to do? Um, I'm not ever really sure that this, that this is what I decided I wanted to do, Donna. I'm, I was thinking about what I was going to do, and I still had barmaids. Every time I thought I would walk away from, from barmaids and I would close my website, etc., I always got all these orders. And so when the universe sends you messages like that, mm-hmm. you, you listen. And I thought... On my deathbed, if I look back, am I going to regret the fact that I didn't take that chance and I didn't give it 100% or am I going to feel really comfortable with it? And I I said, no, I'm going to regret the fact that I didn't give it 100, 110% and I don't want to live with regrets. And so I decided to dive in and, and give it my all. Wow. I deserved and, that. Well, and five years later, here we are with such an amazing story to tell. And Kismet, you know, from the very beginning, you seem to have structured your business model in a very intentional way. And I've always admired that because so many of us uh, makers and, and me as well, we just kind of, you know, it's it's a hobby for a while. And then we sort of see people buying stuff. So we put up a website and then we kind of go, okay, I'm in business now. And let me see, let me just kind of, you know, do a little something, something and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You seem to be, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I think that that is you know, such a, a wonderful way for anyone to get started. We all we all do a lot of building planes while we're flying them. But you seem to have approached it much more intentionally from the very beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's so funny when I hear you say that, because I actually feel like I, I didn't do it intentionally. Um, but as I reflect, I see these pivotal moments of intention. And mm-hmm. um, what it really involved with what it really involved was listening to my customers um, intently. It's active listening. And so I've really kind of built my business and what I do around what my what my customers say, ideas that they share or little things that they say in passing. And I grab those and that has really been probably the best form of of intention I could ever have done. And it has led me to where I'm at today. I love that you mentioned that too, because in today's technological filled environment with so many avenues for customers to communicate with us, we actually have this focus group kind of going on 24 seven, right? Where they're talking to Mm -hmm. us, telling us what they like, what they don't like. Do you have this? Do you have that? And then we can kind of go, hmm, you're the 10th person that asked me that this month. Actually, yes, now I do have it. So you can just go and give it to them. That's right. Wow. And so you started your business mainly uh, geared toward wholesale, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Actually, I started my business retail. Um, When I worked for the medical center, I would set up a little booth and sell everything uh, retail to patients and physicians and staff. And then I started, um, I still, I had this website that would 
you know, go through these cycles of doing really well and then it would be dry and then it would do really well. And then I um, got a call from uh, the Weston in Hawaii and they wanted to carry my product wholesale. Had no idea what a line sheet was and so I scrambled to do that. And uh, Hawaii happens to be one of my um, my best account areas. I, I do a lot of business in Hawaii. And um, then it just sort of spread to the mainland and, and um, we do have that component to our business as well, the wholesale as long as well as the retail. It's so funny how things look from the outside looking in. And when I made that statement, it was definitely from someone who who just kind of looked at looked at your website and did a little mm-hmm. research and it just looked like it was geared more toward wholesale. And by the way, I have to say, um, do you get to go to Hawaii to service those accounts much? I have I have to. <laughs> of course year, you right? do. <laughs> oh wow. What a great perk. I mean another reason why I'm sure you're really happy that you made this decision all those years ago. Amen, sister. What fun, what fun. And so, and so you traveled, your accounts traveled from Hawaii, now you have them all over the US and you have a certain target for your products, don't you? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I, my niche marketing is for uh, fiber artists and I also sell a lot to um, plastic surgeons, um, which is interesting, and um, the uh, bead and button industry. Though I'm actually this year I'm focusing on spreading out and in, in capturing um, some other niches, but the fiber the fiber world has been fantastic for me. And and I love how you've done that, and I can see it across all your social media. And tell us what your most popular products are to that niche market, Kismet. Um, the Lolo bars um, are by far the most popular, though the face pudding is um, coming up really, really close behind. Um, they can apply to their skin. It doesn't um, impact their their uh, knitting or their yarn at all, and um, it um, absorbs into their skin very well, and uh, therefore the yarn doesn't suck that moisture out. And this is like, it's it's like a, a Lolo bar. It's like a sort of like a lotion yeah. bar with moisturizing oils. Yep. Mm-hmm. So wonderful as a knitter. As a knitter, I so appreciate that too. Um, now, so you have been working your business, wholesale business model, retail business model, rolling along. And then I don't know where I learned this somewhere in my travels last year. I saw that you were opening a store. And I got so excited because so many of our members and makers across the country are opening stores. Tell us, Kismet, how did this idea come to you? And what's the story leading up to your decision to open a store? Um, kicking and screaming. <laughs> I have never wanted to open up a store. Um, I have come from, um, I'm a retail brat. I come from retail and I never wanted to go down that path. But my customers are actually demanding it. So, um I've got this little teeny tiny store. I'm in the process of opening up a bigger store, and it's all because my customers are asking for it. And um, when they ask, I'm going to give it to them. So we're going from currently uh, about less than 100 square feet to about 600 square feet. So tell us how this 100 square foot space came about. (laughs) What what are the steps that you took to open that space? Um, I moved my... I moved out of my home into a commercial space, and the retail space that came with that was far too big. It was just enormous, and I found myself trying to fill it with other stuff, but customers only walked in there to, to buy my product. So I moved my, um, 
I moved the studio to a to, Br- to Brush Prairie um, downtown um, and ended up with this little teeny tiny retail space. But then they can't find me on GPS. And um, people coming from the Portland metro area don't want to have to drive as far as Brush Prairie. Um, recently, I've turned down busloads of women on their way to Seattle and Canada because they couldn't fit into my store or my retail space now and decided that um, with that turning down customers coming and then customers having a difficult time finding us, we're going downtown Main Street, Vancouver. So um, it's an interesting transition. It is. So let me get this straight. You mm-hmm. you were working from your home and then you mm-hmm. moved to a manufacturing facility which had a large retail space. So you mm-hmm. had that open for some period of time, but it was too big. So you mm-hmm. moved to a smaller retail space which couldn't fit your customers and now you're moving to something in between so you can not be too big but accommodate the busloads of people. Absolutely. And, and by the you way, take and, a long way around. Well, you know, and that's that's the story of all of our business lives. And, and I love the busloads of people idea. I mean, is this is mm-hmm. this is this uh, people going to a, a convention or a conference? Is how often um, does that happen? It happens actually quite often for knitters and quilters. They um, they'll do bus tours, and so they'll. Every, bunch of women will load on a bus or guys will load on a bus and they'll go from knit store to knit store or quilt store to quilt store and they go in and they do a, a shopping frenzy and then they get on the bus and they go to the next one. What an incredible, you know, it reminds me of like, you see, when you go like to those cafeterias on the, you know, you see them, it's like, you know, bus is accepted. So do you have a sign like that? Like, bring your buses here. <laughs> we <laughs> no, want your buses. A great idea. <laughs> well, you All never know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I mean, it lets people know that your space is big enough for, you know, I don't know, 100 people on a bus or whatever. Exactly. So, so, so yeah. you're, you're moving into this larger space. So what are what are three or four things, Kismet, that you would tell people who are thinking about opening a store? What are your tips for them? Oh my gosh, the tips. Um, numbers have to make sure your numbers are 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 in line. So make sure that um, going in, you can actually you don't have to sweat about the rent, um, and then embrace the opportunity to to just grow and open that up to the universe. Know that that's going to happen for you, and then um, pick up a hammer and do the hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you talk about numbers, you're talking about rent, you're talking about utilities, right? You're talking about gas. If you're moving out of your home, you're obviously going to have a gas expense there. And you you might also have building permit inspection fees and things like that, a telephone, internet service. It's it's a long list, right? So all those things have to add into your costs. And then you have to be able to justify that by the sales that you expect to produce every month. Absolutely. Plus staffing. And yes. so and then look at the operation hours, which are going to be different. Well, and that's an interesting question, too. So is your new facility where the retail store is, will you have your manufacturing in the back of that? Yes. Awesome. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, and so on. That helps to justify the expense of a retail space as well. Well, yes, because you can you can be right there where your customers are. They know that it's made there. They can even, um, you know, know that you're there, even if you're not in the front retail area. I don't know. How are you going to organize that, by the way? Are you making in the back, in the front? You have staff. How's that work? 
Um, super, I'm super, super organized, Donna. And you so are. Making, you are. <laughs> <laughs> we're making everything in the back. Um, I'm actually hiring somebody to run the front um, retail space. She's going to be there from uh, Wednesday through Saturday, mm -hmm. and then I'll staff it Monday and Tuesday. Um, she's going to be responsible for buying um, other items that we may carry. I think we're we may be buying some some items from local crafters mm -hmm. um, that we can sell. And then um, I may be putting a scent bar in where people can come mm. in and, yeah, make their so. own perfumes and so forth. Oh, my gosh. The buses will come from everywhere. And, you know, they'll, they'll have to, like, put that on the conference agenda. It's not like you run in and run out. You can stay and make your own scent. And I love that you mentioned that you, you might, you're considering carrying products made by other local makers because I just read an article um, on NPR News about the popularity of that and how people mm. are sharing space and also sharing customers to make it more fun for everyone and more economical as well. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that I'm I'm doing something that's uh, what's happening in other parts of the world. Well, and I mean, you're listening to your customers. So they're saying they mm -hmm. must be saying the same thing everywhere else. And I'm so glad they are too, because it makes it more fun for consumers to have this abundance of choice of locally made products. It's just, you know, I, I can't imagine that it's ever happened, you know, since the Industrial Revolution, when everything was just so manufactured, and people just want to be around the products that are produced locally, and they want to be around the people who made them. Um, one of the gals that I'm uh, considering taking her stuff, she's a jewelry maker, and she um, is is offered to come in and staff part-time and finish making her jewelry so that people can actually see that being made as well. So that's that's an, a really phenomenal draw, I think. Wonderful. Making and what, what great videos that you'll be able to make mm -hmm. of, of the making process and showing people you know, how your products are made and they're safely made and they're made right here and they're fresh and you can come in and buy something that's been made, you know, hours ago. Good ideas. Yeah, yeah. Good ideas. Well, and you know, you just mentioned how organized you are and I, I just want to back that up 100%. Kismet was a speaker on Indie Cruise this year and she shared with us um, just really in-depth how she handles her trade shows and I have never seen so much organization and efficiency like everything you do has like 20 different uses it does absolutely it's it's amazing so i learned so much um you know and that mindset kismet is really uh, would you agree it's something that just that mindset of understanding that your organization and how everything and how you systematize things is is in many ways at least as important as the quality of the product you make Absolutely. And it actually simplifies life. And mm -hmm. it, it just simplifies everything on so many levels. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Absolutely. Yeah. So now you travel a lot for your business. So as we already mentioned that you go to Hawaii mm -hmm. once a year, but you also travel to trade shows and you travel a lot. So when I, you organize your store, your staff is going to be there to run things for you while you're not there. Absolutely. Um, I'm on the road probably two to three weeks out of a month, and um, my staff are all cross-trained. And so any one of them can do any one of the functions from making the product to um, to selling out in the, in the studio or the retail space. Um, they're all cross-trained, and um, yeah, it's a fun place to work. And um, they actually ask for that. That way they don't get bored with just being stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again. 
Now, Kismet, tell us about your storefront. Are you located on a main street around other stores? Tell, tell us what it looks like. Yeah, um, it's a, a short little block. There are three um, three businesses on the block. I'm on one end, uh, bordered by a main street, and um, I'm a secondary street over from an actual, the two main streets downtown. Um, they, they um, next door to me is a, is a spa, and next door to that is a, um, a gift store, a large gift store. Um, I ended up in an area that is catering to um, estheticians and a lot of yoga classes and a lot of um, um, oh, massage therapists. And so they're, knowing that I'm moving there, they're already, already coming to me asking me to make product for them. And they want to source um, my, uh, their essential oils for me. So little did I know that I was going to be walking into um, another whole business opportunity there. This just is, from this is wonderful. Shops. Yeah. I mean, Kismet, how organized are <laughs> we? Just talked about her intentional organization skills. Now we'll talk about her unintentional organizational <laughs> exactly. skills. So, exactly. so taking this leap of faith for you means not only that you uh, calculated that you could meet your cost and make a profit without these customers but now you move you're moving in and you have customers you didn't even expect coming to you exactly okay is is this an example of um you know jump in the net will appear tell tell us how this feels um um i live my life like that so it just it's it to me it's natural donna i i every time you you put it out to the universe mm-hmm. and you have really good intention. It comes back tenfold and in ways that you never even expected. And I think that this is just a really good example of that. Um, I was just going to move into this little space um, or this bigger space, I should say, mm-hmm. make the connections with the community and excited about that. There's another vibe being downtown, yet they're already coming to me and um it's just, yeah, you, you, it, it's about giving. And when you give, you end up getting back in, in ways that are completely unexpected. And, you know, in, in our economy, in our society today, it is so much easier for us to see each other's talents and gifts than it's ever been before. And so that giving is, I wouldn't say it's always easy to do what you've done, but there certainly are signs that you can see along the way that give you encouragement, right? That we didn't have before. Absolutely. Um, it just, it just is, it's, it's like jet fuel. It just motivates yeah. you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just keep, just keeps you going. Just yeah. Keeps you going. Well, when I had my little retail store, I didn't have anybody to tell me, you know, that, I didn't have customers to talk to. I mean, I talked to them when they came in my store. And I even remember when a a gentleman came in my store back in the day, and he was an internet person. I didn't even know what the internet was. And he said, you know, you need to open a store on the internet. And I said, why do I need to do that? People will just come here. And he he kind of rolled his eyes and went, "Ah." you know, and so what what you've done, I know, sad, isn't it? What you've done is you've created a way to... um, as you mentioned, cross train your business, right? You have a, you're going to have a retail store where you have one, but you can have a bigger retail store. You'll maintain the online sales for retail customers and also have the wholesale. So you have at least three separate robust income streams coming in here to serve your business. 
Absolutely. You know, I think, Donna, it's a it's not about shutting doors. It's about just throwing them wide open, mm-hmm. throwing open the windows and just going for whatever whatever feels right. Um, I don't I'm not held back by fear. And I know that a lot of business owners are. Um, and when you step into what you what you envision, the universe just provides. It's just I, I've just found that that's the way it works. I believe that that's true, too. And you know, when I say that to some people, they look at me like I have lost my mind. And, <laughs> you know, what's what's funny, though, is, is, as I have grown in business, I've said it more and more frequently and with more and more resolve. Because it used to be when people would kind of look at me cross eyed, like that is just way out there, then I would kind of be quiet. Now I say, well, you know what, let me just tell you how I know. I know because, and I have some very tangible things over the years that I am able to point them to that it didn't have, you know, 15 years ago when I first started. Mm -hmm. And you do as well. Absolutely. Now, Kismet, take us back. You mentioned earlier about hiring people and, and growing your business by getting help. Uh, so many of us need help, but we don't know how to get help. Where do I go for help? How much do I pay the help? What are some of the first steps that you took to bring people into your business to help you? Because at first you were doing everything by yourself, right? Yes. Um, I had to come to terms with the fact that I could not do it all by myself. It, it wasn't emotionally healthy to do that. It wasn't healthy for for my business as well. And once I got over the fear of how I was going to pay somebody, just knowing that if I hire, if I hire someone, I can um, split the work up. Um, we can, it'll actually increase the sales. Um, once I recognized that and mm-hmm. I hired somebody, it actually panned out that way. Um, so when so, you hired your first person, Kismet, was it a full-time mm-hmm. person? Was it Someone that you were like, okay, I can afford 10 hours and I'm going to start you with that. How did you do that? Um, I hired one of my kids actually was my first employee. And they came in and um, they were full time. Um, That's handy. I love that. I know, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, was this something that they wanted to do? Were they they between jobs? They were between jobs, and they also wanted to do it. And um, when my kids were younger, they actually helped me um, at events at the shows. And so they they had a... they were familiar with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I started actually paying them, it was a whole nother ball game. Um, they have since, um, one of my children still works for me. I have since hired others. And um, where I found most of my luck is hiring people that come from a service-oriented um, uh, business. So like a lot of my employees um, have been baristas. Um, some of them have worked for tanning salons. And so those people are invaluable. The customer service skills that they have, um, I have found have been um, what my business is looking for, as opposed to somebody that perhaps just sat in an office and didn't really interact with the public. Oh, that's a really Um, good point. Finding people who, wherever they come from, have that uh, experience dealing with people. And I love the barista idea, too, because they're used to making stuff. Absolutely. And customizing it, too, like making it in a particular way for a particular customer. Mm-hmm. Yep, all required in, in this field. And they can not only pour, um, make a product, but they can also talk to somebody on the phone at the same time or mm-hmm. 
um, attend to somebody in the front of the shop. Um, I do pay my employees more than minimum wage. Um, mm -hmm. I pay them a living wage, and then we also have extra benefits. Um, I often take my employees on a cruise once a year. Um, what cruise would that be? <laughs> um, see the cruise <laughs> this year because we met goals we're all, we're actually going to go down um, to Northern California and pan for gold over a weekend oh what fun yeah we've all of us have always wanted to do that and so um, we're going to do that as a team oh building oh my goodness do you have any openings yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's people out there saying it. that where do I apply <laughs> I get that all the time. I bet you do. And and that's so great. You know, the, the, the mindset that you have had from the very beginning um, has been very focused in terms of the product that you want to make too. You, you, you don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't seem to be uh, one of uh, the types of entrepreneurs that started off making a little bit of everything. Right. I started off with one product and I'm actually adding to it um, as my customers ask me for. And believe me, the list is, is long, but I um, and, and I can't make everything and I don't want to make everything. I want to just sort mm -hmm. of keep it um, keep it um, more narrow. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. And that, and that I would imagine, which I'm sure has helped you be efficient because starting mm -hmm. with one product allows you to bring in the cash flow that you need to expand if that's what you want to do. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And we, we even have several members who make one product and they still, they maintain their full-time jobs and they're, they, they're making money on that end and they're profitable on their maker business because they're not trying to make a bunch of stuff and they don't have to have, you know, 50 gallons of everything in stock in order to make their products and serve their customers. Exactly. It's very smart. Um, at some point, um, their customers may say, gosh, you know, I just love your X, Y, and Z. Would you uh -huh. make it ABC? And um, they'll uh -huh. add that to the mix and um, yeah, it'll work or it won't. And yeah, so. So, so good for you to have all these efficiencies, the lean, mean, low, low machine. I like that. <laughs> You've got it all coordinated so well. But you know, the, the other thing too, is that you're also, um, you're not, um, you know, you're not stuck anywhere. You, you are fluid. Your business is fluid. You, you, you analyze things as you're going along, you expand when you need to, and you never are stagnant. I've noticed that as well. <laughs> That's your apps. You've nailed me. You so, know me too well. So, so what is the most fun thing you're looking forward to with this new shop that you'll be opening the the newer, oh, bigger space? What are you excited just, about? I'm excited about the energy downtown. I'm excited about um, giving people a great smile when they walk in the door and sharing our product and finding out, out about who they are and what they do downtown and where they're on their way to it's it's for me it's really just about giving um you know handing them a cup of water that um ice cold water on a hot day or a nice cup of tea on a cold one so i'm just i'm thrilled about just interacting with people and then um also delivering things that will surprise people mm. um whether it's a, a scent that brings back a memory that they had forgotten about or a piece of jewelry that touches them deep in their soul. And Kismet, what is your philosophy of, of entrepreneurship? I'm, I'm hearing it coming through here, and I, I just feel, I feel in my gut this is going to be a really good 
good question to ask you. What is it? Oh my, oh my gosh! I wish I could think about this one. Um, really, just work from your heart. Mm-hmm. It's just work from your heart and give, and it all comes back. It all and, comes back. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then it, it mm-hmm. just spreads out. So it just it ooh, just ooh. keeps the flow going. I like that. Wait, wait, wait. We're used yeah. to it all comes back, but you just said it also spreads out. It does. So yeah. it's it's not all about coming back to us and, you know, making the money that we need to generate, you know, yeah. continued business, which is obviously important, but you're saying it spreads out as well. So as you succeed, yeah. you're able to spread those tentacles of what you describe as the love that you have into your community. And I guess a retail store is going to, uh, your larger one is going to bring that to a whole new level. Absolutely. Yep. It's about, it's, so is, yeah. is this a good time to open a retail store? I know it's different in every community, but what's your general overall observation? Because I know you've done some research. Um, I actually, I, I haven't done research. <laughs> which is well, That's so what funny. I meant to say. I know you haven't okay, done any research. Sorry. This is all your um, gut. <laughs> I, it is. It's, I, I, I live by my gut. Um, your gut doesn't lie. And um, where your head can fool you. And... Um, I, my gut is just saying you've got to go for it and my customers are demanding it. And so, um, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm stepping into it fully knowing that it's going to be successful and I'm excited about it. And yeah. Well, I'm excited too. And I've never thought I would think of a reason to visit Brush Prairie, Washington, Uh, Because until I met you, I had never heard of it. But now I have another reason to go there. Give us the address for your shop and, you know, exactly what your hours are and everything so we can let people know where they can go to buy some of these products and meet you. Um, We're um, 1507 Broadway, downtown Vancouver. Uh, We're right off of um, the the I-5 in Mill Plain Exit. And our hours are Monday through Saturday from eight o'clock, well, 10 o'clock until six in the evening. And so we would love to have um, anybody anywhere stop by. So um, excited. Yeah. So excited to share. And all you people out there going to conferences on buses, buses up in that area. They do it all over the United States. Well, and especially up there, make sure you know that there is now space for you to roam free. And there's a spa next door, too. So you might have to make it a day stop, I think. That's right. That's right. Roll on in. Wonderful. Well, Kismet Andrews of Barmaids, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to that store opening, the new one, and we're excited for that grand opening. So keep us posted so we can let everyone know. Thank you so much, Donna Maria. It's been such a pleasure and a delight. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Kismet Andrews of Barmaids in Brush Prairie, Washington. And if you did, won't you send me some Twitter love? Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love and you can let your friends know that you enjoy the indie business podcast i really want to make it useful for you and if i'm doing that please take a moment to let me know by sharing and you know if i can do anything to improve indie business podcast let me know that too there's a contact link at our website at indiebusinessnetwork.com forward slash contact and you can send us a message there i read every single one of them I'll see you on the next episode of Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.